Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Football. And today we're going to be looking at a few games we've been playing lately. We're going to review Oceans. Then we're going to take a look back on some of our older podcast reviews to see if we still feel the same way about them. So thanks for joining us for episode number 32. All right, residents of Meebletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean in his tuxedo and his flip-flops, baby. You know why you're wearing a tux and flip-flops? I don't. Because you're going to Panama City, baby. Why the tux, though? Because that's where I went on my honeymoon. Oh. (laughs) So I'm wearing a tux to celebrate... My honeymoon. ...where you went on your honeymoon. Yes, you are. Okay. Does that make sense? Nope. Dean's taking a group of college students down to Panama City, where if you, uh, that's in the Florida. <laughs> I'm really nailing it right now. It is, the, it is in Florida. In, in, the, in the, the panhandle. In the panhandle, yep. The Gulf Coast. If you're It's going to be amazing, beautiful weather down there. It's actually usually not. It's not usually great weather this time of year. Sometimes it's not bad. So we live in Tennessee. Um, if you're familiar with the geography of that here in the States, we are about mm, a seven hour, seven and a half hour drive down to Panama City. That's right. So for where we live, that used to be the spot. Anyone down here in the South probably knows, man, that was the spot. But now it's not. People. <laughs> so Dean's taking them to people a, in Panama City. A place that used to be happening. To the, the show. Are getting upset? Yeah, man. I'm not dogging on Panama City. I am. It's not my favorite place in the world. It's, it's not mine either. It's not the worst place in the world. No, but I'm thinking if I'm in Florida, I want to be at Disney World, right? No. And not working. <laughs> you love Disney. I do love Disney. That is correct. I was in Orlando a couple weeks ago, but I didn't go to Disney World. Mm. Jelly. Yeah, I know you were. I thought about you. Yeah, this is exciting radio. That's what we do. It is exactly what we do. That's why there's millions of listeners to Meeple Town. Why are you Johnny Football? I'll tell you why. And let me let me let Big me go ahead and clarify. Fan. Let me clear. See, <laughs> come on, Dean. Amer- I could have said Johnny American Football, but that doesn't flow quite as well, does it? No, Johnny Football, and that is because. And this, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and pull the poll up. So let's just let's kill two birds with the proverbial one stone. Okay, you have a big smile on your face. You were, you thought that was very clever. I did. It was. <laughs> I thought Look you would. How clever! I thought I you am. would appreciate that at least. Okay, so why I'm Johnny Football is because I just mentioned we are from the great state of Tennessee, and it's surreal right now how the Titans are in the AFC Championship, which would be the Final Four for those who don't know. Uh, football, American football, very well. There are four teams left, and somehow the nine and seven prior to the playoffs, Titans have been destroying people mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Literally, really good teams. The Patriots, well, yeah. Well, you know, I the mean, Ravens were extremely yeah, good. The Patriots right. were really good early in the year. Yeah, kind of fell, faltered a little at the end. Here's so my prediction was San Francisco in the Super Bowl. That I didn't actually pick an AFC team this year. Because uh, I felt like it was so up in the air. Now, here's the thing. I felt like going into the game yesterday, This we're recording this on Monday, re- going into the game yesterday when the Texans were playing the Chiefs and the Texans were 
were whipping the Chiefs, I was like, oh man, this is this is probably a good thing because I feel like the Titans' chances against the Texans would have been good. And the Chiefs came and beat them by uh, 51 to 31 was the final. I fell I mean, asleep. Just destroyed them. It was 21 to nothing. And I woke up and it was 21 to 24. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't think I was sleeping all that long. Yeah. That was crazy. But here's the thing. I actually want to play the Chiefs because two reasons. A, the Houston Texans know us a whole lot better. That's true. And we seem to have done well against teams like the Ravens who hadn't played us really. And we own the Chiefs lately. We just do. Like, since uh, what's-his-name took over as our head coach, they've won one game against us in, I think we're like 5-1. and one. I think it's going to be. They're a, way better than, I mean, well. Let me their know, offense they're is really just good. so explosive. Mahomes is, is pretty stinking good. They're really good, and that's no disrespect, but I would rather play them because I, for some reason, because of that. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the poll, since we're a sports talk radio show right now, actually does have to do with that. Real quick, we won't we won't belabor these points uh, for those who could care less. Haha, <laughs> I'll talk about that here in a second. American fo- about American football. Um, so I had the poll. The poll question is. Who's watching the NFL playoffs? Yep. I love football. And I would have written, written, written. That's not a word. American football. But Twitter doesn't allow you to have very many characters whenever you're doing polls. Yep. I love football. Or I've watched a little. Or nope. Could care less. (laughs) Um, What does Meepletown think, Dean? Do you Um, want to know what I think? I want to know what you think Meepletown thinks and then what you think. <laughs> you don't care what I think. <laughs> you think I think who thinks. Um, I think that most of our listeners are Americans. They are. Statistically, they are mostly Americans. So I would they, say most is true. There's, a more, there's, a, there's more Americans than others, but it wouldn't be like there's an overwhelming American majority. No, but there's most. Most of our <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Most of our listeners are oh. Americans, so I would say more people that responded to this probably said i don't even know what your options were again I, yes i love football so you're just like my wife you don't listen yeah. to anything that i say <laughs> yes i love football yes i love football or i've watched a little of the playoffs or nope i could care less that's inaccurate english I, we're gonna talk I, about that in a moment <laughs> yep i love football how much out of 100 60 mm, 60 56. Wow, that's pretty good. You know, at, when this poll first took off, and it, even within like, you know, the first 20 votes or something like that, I think it was like 70, 80%. Like, I was like, wow, I was surprised. But now it's balanced back up, down a little bit. Like, I, yeah. And then uh, what's the next? Could people n- not care to watch it? Or you think oh, most. Another- your, your C option is a little ambiguous to know whether or not. Oh, my that. gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sure people could care less, right? Yes. I'm going to say that is my second option. For those who are like wondering why we keep saying this, well, you'll you'll understand in momentarily. Actually, the second is I've watched a little at 24% okay. right now. Okay. And then 20% says that they could care less. I couldn't care less about the other there, options. There you go. Well, see, that's the reason. So Dave from um, what Tabletop Diary, and that's where he's from, right? That's correct. Um, he corrected my English because I wrote, nope, could care less. And he showed a video that was hilarious. That's Dear America <laughs> that corrects our English, which says specifically references could care less doesn't make sense. It would be couldn't care less. 
could not care. I could not care less. I agree with him, but could care less could make sense depending on the circumstance. Like if I said, Dean's laughing, I could care less what Dean thinks, that makes sense, right? No. I could care less. I mean, it makes sense, but it it doesn't explain how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to justify inaccurate English. I mean, you could care less. I could care less. (laughs) You know how much I care less? I could care less. Could not care less makes way more sense. It just doesn't explain what your level of care is. I wonder how many people have turned off the Meeple Town thus far. Uh, they just, they, we don't, this is invigorating stuff. It is. It is. I feel like we're on that uh, you know what I NPR think? thing from Parks and Rec. Could not care less. Or could care less. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. You didn't watch Parks and Rec? I did. Okay. Here's what I think. I think that football does not accurately describe American football. That's, That's true, because you don't use your feet that much. I mean, you do. You have the place kicker. You have a punter. should be like smash ball or something. Smash ball? Throw ball? Catch ball? But I was just saying, run like, it's, ball. it's like really, there's a lot of hitting. Pig Pigskin ball. I don't know what else you would call it, but I don't think football is a good, I think the rest of the world has it right on that. I mean, I agree. I have no, no disagreements with that at all. It's, I mean, you don't kick very much. Yep. You know what I could not care less about? Is the NFL right now because my Lions are not in the playoffs ever. ever. I should have said Dean is dressed up in the corner crying because his team's terrible. Well, that was months ago. My team was out of this, out of the running a long time ago. The reason I don't say that is because I have a lot of teams that are terrible. So I can't. I've learned over the years to not brag because your team's just going to stink the next year as soon as you do that. All my teams stink right now. So, all right, let's talk about. Board games! Board games. That's why you're here. You've already fast-forwarded to this point. Anyway, let's talk about what we've been playing lately. I'll start. How about that? Yes, sir. Go right. for it, man. So, uh, last year, I kick-started a game, uh, the expansion for a game, to a game that I did not own. <laughs> I kick-started the expansion for Endeavor Age of Sail, and I was like, I, I bet... I thought that I- was interesting. I just, I'd never known someone to... I was like, buy an expansion for a game they don't own. I'm pretty sure I picked this game up, and I did. I got it for Christmas, and it was a game that I I felt pretty confident that I would really like. It is a game where you are expanding your empire in the Age of Sail. So, uh, it's it's one of those games where you're moving up on different tracks. And so in this game, it's a pretty light game, but it's got four tracks. Were well, you going to say something? I was just going to say that I'm attracted to that. You have four tracks, and one track is your building track. So as you move up on that, you'll be able to you can build uh, better buildings. The second track allows you to get more workers. The third track allows you to gain more workers back from your worker placement spots, and then your last one allows you to uh, to increase your hand size. And so in this game, what you're going to do is uh, it plays plays over seven rounds. It's only about an hour long, but you're going to be taking actions on the board, and when you do that it's most of the time going to move you up on these tracks. So for example, let's say I take the action where I can place one of my discs out onto the board on a land spot. Well, that spot's going to have a disc in it. I'll remove that disc, put it on my board, and most of the time it'll move up another track, or it could potentially give me more actions. And that's really it. You're going to gain points from kind of spreading your uh, spreading your influence and just exploring more. You're going to be getting points for moving up on these tracks, but it's 
it's a fun game. I, I like this one quite a bit. It, it gave me somewhat of like tapestry feels a little bit. Uh, it's quite a bit different because in tapestry, as you're moving up on the track, you're gaining more actions immediately. Whereas this one's allowing you to gain more things as the game goes on. So um, anyway, it's it's fun. I enjoy it. As I said earlier, I am a sucker for a good track game. I just am. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I think it's like the puzzly nature of it. Like if I can go up this one, it'll unlock this, or it'll it, this will give me this bonus. Or, I don't know why, but I'd love to play that game. Yeah, I've I think heard you only would, good things about it. I think you would like this one. You you might not like it as much as me because it's a it is a lighter game. But I think the the player inter- interaction is what really drives this too because you are you can attack other people's disc and take them and and also open up new locations where you can explore and how you do that it, it interacts with other players as well so anyway i, I quite enjoy this one I played with my wife just a two-player game i'll i think it'll be much better at a higher player count but also she just absolutely whipped me in this game and so i need i need some revenge pow like indiana jones pow all right that is Endeavor Age of Sail. I should be getting the expansion in here in the not too distant future, so I'm looking forward to checking that out. I honestly have no clue what's in the expansion. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yep. All right. So a game I've been playing lately is an oldie, but is it a goodie? A feast for Odin, baby. Oh yeah. So have you talked about this before? I have. I've only talked about the fact that I've always wanted. It's like there's not very many games now that are. I would, would you call this a classic yet, Dean? A potential classic or a classic? Let me say that. Potential classic. Poten- that's what I, I feel like potential. all of his games are potential classics. Yeah. Um, that This is probably one of the last ones that I haven't just haven't played that I've just been really, really wanting to play. Um, I really like Agricola. I've been liking Agricola for a while. How about you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like Caverna. It's quite nice. Not played it. Never played it. Um. I'm a, as you meant, was it last episode that we talked about our favorite designers? Sure. Uva was our number, my number two, could have easily been my number one. Um, even after, after playing this, maybe he is my new number one. Oh yeah. Uh, I've been wanting to play a feast for Odin and let me tell you something, you know, whenever you play a game and you're like, I've been so excited about this. I hope it doesn't disappoint. Sometimes it does. Did it? Did not disappoint. I thought it would not. It did not disappoint. Uh, In a feast for Odin, it's like Agricola. It's like Caverna. If you ever played any of those games, you're except for there's a ton of worker placement places on a feast for Odin, Um, and it works a little bit different. I don't just take one of my meeples and go to one spot necessarily. There's you have to either place one, two, three, or four meeples depending on how powerful of an action you want to do. And even when you do that, it might actually, in the three and four slot, give you another bonus action that you get to do because you spent so many meeples. But what's really cool about A Feast for Odin for me is not only you're doing the worker placement, and it's wide open. This game is wide open. Yeah, I mean, you can do, yeah. And for some people, they won't like that probably because they're just like, the first, you sit down and you go, oh, like, what do I do? You know. Mm-hmm. But I will say the more you play it, the more you recognize that there are, I think, several paths that really help you win a lot. there's not a million paths to score a ton of points in this game um but i mean you're going out and you're placing the your workers or whatever you do in the action but you have this polyomino like puzzle that you're doing because you're covering up spots that give you negative points at the end of the game and so that's just fun 
I, I like a little bit of a puzzle. That's what I liked about, which we'll probably talk about later. That's one thing I liked about Pipeline this year. You had this engine building game that had kind of this puzzly thing going on with your pipes. I thought that that was actually really neat. I like when you fuse those two together. And this was beautifully, wonderfully done. Um, a Feast for Odin is in my top 20, I'll tell you right now. That'll be a spoiler. Unless top some, 20. Unless something goes out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, top 30. <laughs> I think it could be even I higher. I talked you down on top 30. I got to, well, I'm fine with that. I'm fine <laughs> with that. I mean, it, it could be, I think it could be a potential top 10 game. I just have to play it a whole lot more to be able to, it might not be, but I'm just saying we, my wife and I really liked it. Um, baby, I'm glad that you beat me last game because that means you'll like the game and we'll get to play it more. I like when my wife wins because if she loses a lot, she doesn't like the game. Are you like that? I, I say this with all sincerity. She beats me more often than not, and it's not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, like when we played Endeavor, it was she didn't double my score, but it was approaching that. So let me say this. You play a game, you're enjoying the gameplay. She beats you four times in a row. Does that sour the game for you? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not uber competitive in in most things, I guess. Tennis would be maybe the exception, but like... I'm not I'm not that way in board games. I just I want to have a good time. And if I win, that's great, but if I don't, that's fine too. It almost makes me like it more cuz I get more determined. Like yeah, I've got to figure out how true. to win. Like it's just like I got to figure the puzzle out why I'm not doing well in this game. Um now if I got just beat down slaughtered all the time, then maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, now back to Maybe th- that's a po- good poll question. Do you like games less if you lose at them? <laughs> I'd be <laughs> it, curious to part know. Part of it depends on the game. Like if it's a like really high player interaction game and you're just getting beat down, that could sour it. Like, yeah. you know. But anyway, back to Peace for Odin. So, I've only played this one time and my score was if I remember, it's been over a year since I've played this. My score was pretty low compared to other scores that I saw online that made me really want to play this one again. I'm going to have to play this with you sometime. I mean, did, the, did you have a high score on this one? Do you remember? Um, no, it wasn't like awful the first time I played, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm trying to think of what I, I can't remember what, um, I went, you know, I do that. Do you do this? Sorry, Dean, I'm kind of rambling a little bit. Do you go look on BGG and stuff and say what's kind of a good score for a game? Oftentimes. No, but the guy that I was playing with did. did. Just I do see. that sometimes. Yeah. I do that quite often, actually, just to see. The problem is some games just don't afford that. Like, it depends on the player count. And so there's so many different variables. Different cards can come out and stuff like that. This game is a little bit different. Um, I played, I think we did, like, the second game. We were kind of in that spot where, like, average people that have just played it are. So, like, we didn't really do well, no. Yeah, but we didn't do awful. But I think that's because, like you said, this is a puzzle. This is a challenge. That's what makes me want to play this one again because I want to see how how you can do better. That's why I like Paladin. That's why I like Tapestry when we played it this year. Probably like like, you like Gonchon Clever too. I like that too. I do. That's why for some reason I'm really I'm kind of gravitate now. I do often wonder if when I achieve that great score, if it will. It, it very much may lose its excitement for me. Like I kind of feel like, mm, yeah, yep, I did that. I think for tapestry, I was reading from a lot of people that that was kind of their feel. Once they got to this certain point, they felt like, okay, I've done it. Almost like when you beat a cooperative game, you you might not feel like I need to play this anymore. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Like I mean, there are games that maybe if I beat them cooperatively, like years later, I'll go back and play again. Especially if I beat them on like the hardest mode, I just kind of I'm not interested anymore because I did that. It, hmm. That just give me an idea for a for a top list. I feel like 
the cooperative games that are good to go back and play. Because I feel like that's that can be a lot of, of games. I feel like Pandemic is kind of the exception to that game. I know I'm going off on a tangent right now, but Pandemic is a game that I can go back and play over and over and over again and not feel that even if I beat it. Also, but Forbidden Island, for example, is. Like if I beat Forbidden Island, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good for a while. The funny thing is, is I say that, but then when I go back and play them, I generally really have a good time. Even Forbidden Island, you said that. Like I remember like beating it and beating it really hard mode and... It's really hard to beat whenever you're doing the expert mode or whatever the hardest mode is. Extremely hard to beat. Um, and I remember going back and playing it again. Like I didn't beat it and I had a great time. So maybe I should go back and and do that a little more often. Yeah. Anyway, we, it's funny because we're not even talking about cooperative games <laughs> at no. all. But I, I feel like that was the case. But anyway, so Feast for Odin. I want to I want to try that one again. Faux show. Such a great game. And uh, and I want you to play Endeavor too. So okay, there you go. All right. Hey, remember that time when we said we were going to, but before we move on to the next segment, play a couple games over the Christmas break. <laughs> what were the okay? So the games were since you you brought us there. Mombasa, Mombasa, which I have not played. Me neither. I got and it for Christmas, but I haven't. Great got Western to it. Trail. I've played that in the past, but I didn't say. No, that was mine. We almost played that almost after we got done with our review play the other night, but uh, yeah, we instead we played Antiplan. Altiplano. I said it like that on purpose. For some reason, whenever I was typing it into my BGG the other night, I kept typing anti-plano like an idiot. Like those, <laughs> like those Plano boxes. Yeah, John is anti-plano. But no, uh, uh, Altiplano. We don't want to remark on because that will probably be a showdown sometime soon with Orleone. But I will say that I had a great time playing it. Ah, uh, spoiler. That's All right, what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our review of Oceans. So this is the part where we normally have an overview of the game. We're still going to give an overview of the game. We're going to try something a little bit different, though. John and I are going to kind of do this together. John's mostly going to give you the over- overview of the game. I might interject here and there, but we're going to try to try something a little bit different this time. So let's jump into it, John. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is tough because Dean does such an excellent job explaining <laughs> games. I'm like, I mean, honestly, you do a great job. So like, I'm like, oh man, now I'm on the, now I'm on the spot. So in Oceans, what you're going to do, there's uh, four phases to the game of Oceans. Oceans, you have a deck of cards. There's quite a few cards. There are cards that are in the deep and there are cards that are on the surface. When you start the game off, you have surface level cards. So the the first phase of the game, all you're going to do is play a card. And it's going to do one of two things. You're either going to play a card, uh, which will either create a new species, add a trait to it, or you're going to add a trait to another species, or you're going to play the migration. And so there are several different boxes that have little fish in them um, in the middle of the table. So you've got cards and you have those fish in the middle of the table. And you can also play a card to migrate fish. You may want to migrate them from one level of the ocean. There's three levels in the ocean to the reef where you can forage and get food for your fish. Um, Or you may want to take them out of the reef and put them into another level of the ocean because you don't want Dean to be able to forage this round. So that's only two things. You're either going to start a new species or play a trade onto one that's existing or you're going to um, migrate. So that's pretty simple, right? Phase two happens directly after that, as usually <laughs> is that. the case. And you're going to feed. You're going to feed. And in um, in oceans, you're only going to feed one of your species. So if you have two, three, four species out on the board, you're only able to feed one. And you're either going to forage, which will be taking food from the reef based on a number that is inside of a green circle 
you're going to add up all of the traits that you have and i failed to mention that you can have up to three traits per species unless there's a card that specifies you can have more and you're going to go to the reef and forage or you're going to have some red circles and attack and you can go and you can attack someone else's species or even attack your own and whenever you uh, do that you're going to take population away from them so instead of put, taking fish from the reef in the middle you're going to take fish from dean's uh population well, that he has over there mine. that's right and you're going to put those directly onto your population board and so these population boards by the way have 10 spots in them all right so in phase three what you're going to do is you're going to take one population off each species that you have so if you have three species out on the board you're going to take one population off of each of those now if you cannot take the amount of population you're supposed to take because there is a cambrian explosion that happens halfway through the game where you'll actually be playing two cards instead of one I failed to mention that when you're playing cards, you're playing one. Sorry, Dean. Sorry, Meeple Town. <laughs> when the Cambrian explosion happens, and that's whenever all the fish come out of the first level of ocean, you're going to be playing two cards, but you're also going to be aging two fish off of each species instead of just one. If ever through the course of the game it tells you to age one species or you got to age two or you could age three because there are cards that let right, you age more, right. if you ever have to age and you can't, then your species goes extinct. And you have to get rid of all those cards, all the traits, the species is completely gone. So those, those when you're aging, they're going into your score pile, and they're going to be points for the end of the game. There's not a lot of ways to score points, actually, well, That's what I was going to say, yeah, that's that's the gist of how you get the points, is just from those those fish that you're going to be it. taking off and the then, cards. And yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a huge part of that. And Unless then, you're the starting player, and then you get a token that gives you four points, but... That is exactly right. And uh, then after that, you're just going to draw up. Draw up to your hand size. A, a neat thing about this is you can discard as many cards as you want, except for if you have deep cards, which Dean and I will talk about later on as we do our review. You cannot discard those from your hand. You can only discard the surface level cards from your hand. Then at the end of that, I'll tell you what, it's pretty simple. Um, you're going to just score points for all the all of the... Um, not all the cards, all the fish that are inside of your bag. You're also going to score points for the population that are left on their surviving species and then any of the bonus tokens that you have. One little thing I did not mention is that you can overpopulate in this game. I said there's 10 spots on your little population boards. If you ever hit number 10, unless there's a card that says that you doesn't overpopulate, you lose half your fish and you go down to half your population is gone down to five. So that can happen Quite a few times over the course of the game. <laughs> it so, definitely can. you can talk about uh, what we think about the art and components first. How about yeah, that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right, great job on the overview, by the way. I think that was uh, I think that was well done and succinct, John. I do my best. This was an easy one to do <laughs> succinctly. It helps when John. So this is a game that uh, that that John had. John read the rules on this. It helps a lot to have the person who has. <laughs> really read the rules to explain the game. So art and components on this one. So we're playing with the deluxe edition. Yeah, so we were able to uh, thank you, North Star, for um, hooking us up with the deluxe edition of this game. I was really, really n so very nice of them to like not just send the base game, just send a deluxe edition. And the cool thing about that for us as reviewers is they actually put the base, the standard components in this game. So we can actually talk a little bit about like what comes in the deluxe versus what doesn't and even maybe answer that question worth it a little bit more. That's right. Because a lot of times we can't do that. You know, like Gentis, yeah. we weren't able to do that because those components weren't in there. But I'll say, so the d deluxe edition, I'm just going to kind of, I'm not reading all of this, but just to give you an idea of what we were looking at that was different. The fish tokens in this game are uh, these acrylic tokens 
and uh, as opposed to the the cardboard tokens with the the graphics of different fish on there. Let's talk about that real quick. That, what do you yeah, think? that's a good place to stop because I know John, you're a bigger fan of those. Uh, both of us, we really like the the fish from the regular base game, like with those you know the different clownfish patterns or the different fish that are on it's there. It's like Nemo. That's like, right. Yeah. So the acrylic fish overall are nicer, in my opinion. I like them, except for I will say. I love the bright, vivid colors of the little cardboard fish. I think they're fantastic, and you miss that because the acrylic ones are just blue or you know whatever, yellow or whatever color they are. They're nice. They feel awesome in the hand. They're good quality, but you miss that, like like you said, clownfish pop and vibrancy. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. So I would, you know, given the fact that we have the deluxe edition, I would rather have the acrylic tokens. But if Agreed. I had the regular just you know, base retail copy of this game, I wouldn't feel like I'm missing out by not having those acrylic fish, I think. I agree 100% so with that. I, I think that's, uh, it's a nice touch, but it's not necessary, I guess. There's also some, uh, I actually didn't see these ones in here, but the uh, foil cards, there's some foil cards They're in there. They're awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I almost, yeah, you could open the box while we're talking if you want to, or yeah, not. I just didn't want to make all the noise. Yeah, I, like, I, I almost showed you before this, because the, the foil cards look so cool. Um, they have foil cards for the cards that you're playing from your hand, for the deep and the surface level cards. There's also... Um, there's also scenarios, which we'll talk about later. I didn't mention that in the overview, but different scenarios that can happen over the course of the game, and they have foil cards for those as well, which are really, really, really cool. Um, I think the card quality is okay, but in the deluxe edition, they give you those dope um, sleeves. Yeah, I I really have come to like custom sleeves myself. So they're cool. Especially in a game like this where I'm with you. I took some of those cards out of the sleeves because you had already sleeved everything. And they're not the highest quality cards. I will say that I would have sleeved these cards probably because it's such a card heavy game. You know, you're shuffling yeah. the cards, you're dealing with the cards a I lot. Would, so. I would absolutely like for me, that was the honestly the best part of the deluxe I edition agree. was I having those that. custom sleeves. They're, so, they're fantastic. And they gave you more than enough, actually. Yeah. 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 Really there were cool. a lot in there. Plus, the it also has the five and six player expansion, which would be nice. I would never use that, I don't think. Never. But if that's something that you really wanted, which would probably make the game last a, oh my gosh, a, no. a fair amount of time. But for me, I don't care enough about that. But if you do, then you might really like that. It's as nice well. to have in case there's a scenario where you really want to play oceans and there's five people. You know, sure. I wouldn't want to. I would not want to. But if you know, and I've had that. I've had, when I play with my family, a lot of times there's five of us that'll play, and I'm and so it's nice to have that. But geez, I don't. We'll talk about that in the gameplay. I don't think I'd want to do that. Um, the reef. What do you think? I like. I like the reef. The cardboard reef in the middle of the board. Yeah. Uh, the ocean. The different ocean containers. I think they're really cool. Um, the bags are nice. The bags think, are really yeah. nice. So like in the that's another thing that in the deluxe edition you get bags versus just shields, which I really love the bags. That's another part of the deluxe edition I like a lot. Um, the shields are not bad, you know, but you can really hide. Exactly. You know, no one has any idea what you have when you put them in the bag. Um, the popula the population that you have for points at the end of the game. It's really, really nice. Uh, the reef in the middle, though, it's nice cardboard. It fit together really, really well. It just has a really, I think, a cool look on the table where you have that little reef. You've got the fish in the reef. You have the different layers of the oceans. They're all separated. And then one more quick thing, and then I know Dean to share something. There's like a little shelf that you put a card that, that has like right. something that activates. And I love how they raise that on a shelf because if that was down in the box... It would be hard, difficult to read. Yeah, yeah. Some people do complain that because it's not flat, like in Evolution, where it's just like a piece of flat, and I don't know if there's any deluxe editions of Evolution or whatever, but how it's not just like a flat watering hole, but 
in evolution, that's how it was, but it's not a flat reef that it's difficult to see. Like, and there were a couple of times where I didn't realize, oh, there's another fish in there. Yeah. Because it gets yeah. stuck in the corner or something like that. I don't care. Well, I would say, and, you know, we were playing with the deluxe components, but I wonder if you're playing with the regular components, those cardboard pieces might even blend in more potentially because they're not raised they as would, high probably. as what those acrylic tokens are. I don't know. That's just speculation. But yeah, you're right. There were a couple of times where you actually, there's one time in particular, you thought that you could attack one of my species because there were no fish in the reef. But there was. In fact, there were. Yeah, so you couldn't attack. It doesn't, and I say that that's, to me, I don't, doesn't bother me because I could just be like, well, I should just look closer. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? But I, I, but I mean, in that moment, it was kind of like, dang it. Playing a six player game, maybe that could be a bigger issue. Yeah, a lot of people around the table. Because you just can't see as from afar, as far away. Now, I will say the art in this, I know a lot of people are going to love it. It's, it's not my favorite. I'll say that. I, I think I like the cards of the, the the deep cards better than I liked the other cards. It's not that I it's not that I hated it. It just I don't know. It just didn't it didn't do it for me like some other games do. You don't like the kind of watercolory type sort of feel. Like I like the Depends I like on the, the game, but yeah, yeah I like the art in this game. But I actually agree that I don't love it. It didn't like totally wow me. I think some people will absolutely think it's stunning and think it's amazing yeah so i agree that's I agree. that's definitely personal taste i thought it was good though i liked it more than dean yeah yeah definitely and the bright colors are cool i mean that's what you would expect in a game called oceans i think but yeah not not my favorite overall but all right so what about the gameplay man was it fun to play dean i think it was fun to play all right and i i think you know i i really enjoy most of the time i enjoy games with a lot of player interaction this is a game with with a lot of player, a ton interaction. Of player interaction. And in fact, I would even say, you know, we talked about Kalis being a mean game last time. I think this can very much be a mean game. Absolutely uh, can if, be. If you're just straight up building these species that are just powerhouse predators and then just attacking the other players. <laughs> I think for me, I, I really enjoyed that because you have you have to plan against that, but also I could see somebody absolutely hating that because they're like getting beat down by building these smaller Absolutely. fish so anyway and you don't have to play it like that like I, so again back to the overview when you're feeding your species you're either going to forage on the reef which is the nice way mm-hmm. <laughs> you just take food off the reef or you're going to attack someone you could attack your own species or you attack somebody else's the last game i played with my wife she was not having a good time i'll just be real she was just not getting the game she'll admit it just she just wasn't liking it. it's not her style and i purposely i could have just attacked the snot out of her and just destroyed her. But I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be like that. Was that her first time playing it? We played like half a game. One okay. time before we had to quit in the middle to, so I could go play at your house with you. Well, because I'm thinking, okay, the first game that you and I played, I mean, you were just whipping me. Like, you you, you had this really cool engine going, and you're, you had this one fish in particular that was just... He was just ganging up on all my fish. I had and a most amazing, powerful species. <laughs> you did. And for me, I didn't mind that. But once I like you, you're I can wipe to... out his entire population in one hit. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a quite the sight to see. But I could see that being a frustrating thing if you only play this game one time. I think this is going to really 
you're going to benefit from playing this game multiple times because that first time you just need to kind of get a feel of how they play together. But then you can start to see those combos once you've played it more than once. And I think that's where this game really shines is when you're building up these amazing species that that also benefit other species that you have in front of you. So I, I think the engine building is is my favorite part of this game, I yeah. believe. I think it's pretty fantastic. I told her that I, as we were playing. I was like, you should really play this again because now that you kind of have your mind wrapped around. Now, it's not a complicated game to learn. Right. I mean, really, I pretty much taught it right there. Like, it's not that complicated, but it, the complication comes in the card play and the amount of species that could potentially be out on the board, especially, I mean, Dean and I were playing me versus him, but if there's three or four players and there's, you know, each have three species out on the board, there's a lot of things that can be happening because cards play off each other so much. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it may say something like when someone attacks, uh, you have a shark cleaner, and if it's the closest on either side, then you get three population. And then you're like trying to figure out, okay, am I the closest now or am I not the closest now? But they they changed it. They added a new species. So now I'm not, you know, and so it, it that's not just like if you attack, it's if your opponent to your right or left could attack. So there's just a, like Dean said, a ton of player interaction, and you have to really pay attention to what everybody's doing in this game. That's right. That's right. And, and there's so there can be a lot of that, almost upkeep of paying attention. Like there were times whenever I had to, I've had to say, and I've even forgotten, Oh shoot, I forgot to get three because that he forged and I've got one of the whale cleaners or whatever. And I should have gotten three. Hey, can I take my three back? And we'll do that. Like, you know, Dean and I are nice guys when we play games (laughs) with each other. Right. But I mean, that's just the reality. Like there is a little bit of that, that kind of upkeep. The more you play it, the easier it is for that. But for the, yeah, there's, there's a, there, there can be a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely. Candy. I like that though. Now I will say I'm I'm basing all of my plays off of two player, and so I believe I I might like this more with that interaction that you're talking about from the from having more players. However, that being said, again I mentioned this earlier. I don't think I would want to play this with five or six. I think three or four would be a really fun a really fun way to play this game. I think three would be the jam for me probably because it can get a little AP. I mean, even whenever sure. APE, uh, like whenever we were playing even Dean, like there were times whenever it was like, I took some long turns in this game yeah. for sure. Cause I, tra- we probably both did. But Cause I'm- you're trying to think of what's the most efficient way to get the most population. Yeah. Or you're like, you got this thing planned out and you realize, Oh crud, if I do that, then I'm going to overpopulate this species uh-huh. because I attacked Dean's and now that set off my shark cleaner on the right which I, I'm just going to end up giving me like 10. It's great for my species that I'm attacking with, but now this one's going to lose five population. So there's definitely a lot of times where you're kind of, you're thinking through all that. Um, but to me, it's, it was, it was a really fun experience. Yeah, that's, it's really rewarding. And I think one of the interesting things I like about this too, is that what you're talking about, you have to think ahead of, of what you're doing. So more often than not, you're going to have some species that are going to become extinct. Probably, yeah. you know, uh, I just I think there's probably not a great way to avoid that. Eventually, you're going to that's going to happen. So what you have to do is you have to plan ahead in a way that it's not going to hurt you that much. So I know that that last game that we played, I had I think I had two that became extinct in that same round, but it didn't really phase me that much because me that just game. the ones like the way that I had them laid out, they were still benefiting. I was still getting benefits from other ones, other fish in my. Uh, in my tableau and I just I think that's cool to to think through how how all of like what's the best thing that I can do even though something bad's really you know really bad's gonna happen you gotta tell yourself there's other fish in the sea that's that's right that's what you gotta tell yourself that's right 
Did I just derail your thought? No. All right, good. No, I can see the. At some points, I can see the look in your eye, like, "Oh, John's got a pun," and he just he's got this smile on his face, and it just grows and grows and grows <laughs> until I stop I bet talking. It's really irritating. <laughs> no, oh. no, it's it's fine. I love wish it. You could leave, but you wish you could leave me out at sea or something. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the card play is the the crux of the game, and it's a really fun part of the game. Uh, deciding now, another thing that I really like about this game that's a little bit different than Evolution, if you've played Evolution, is that you're only feeding one species per round for your turn that round so in evolution there's a watering hole if you've played that and, I, and i'll say that because this, there's a lot of similarities to this in evolution yeah, yeah let's just talk about that yeah, first it's a few funny because at the before the episode we were both in agreement that we love oceans better but we couldn't necessarily articulate all of why we feel that way that's exactly right. So we're right. going to attempt to do that. We're going to try. We're going to attempt to do that um, because there. I know there's some people out here that are, will be listening to our podcast probably directly, specifically because they've played Evolution, are interested. Should I buy Ocean? Should I not buy Oceans? Right. And hopefully, we can um, help you decide what's best. You know. Anyways, just help you make your own decision on what's best for for you, whether you want to get it or not. But um, okay, so like I was saying, unlike um, Evolution, and Evolution, all your species are going to feed potentially because you have a, a certain amount of fish, not fish, <laughs> food in the in your watering hole, and as long as there's food in the watering hole you can still continue to go back and feed and you can do that with all your species now with with um oceans it's totally different you only get to pick one and i like that way better because it leads to really interesting decisions as you're playing through the course of the game like oh crud and you you will forget right dean oh shoot i can only feed one species that's right but i've got to age all of them that's that's the interesting thing and so if you've you know you, you can't leave one with no population and then decide if, if you leave two with no population you're probably hurting unless there's just a way to you know, some kind of like uh, leech or something that you can play down and you'll steal two from, you know, someone on your right or someone on your left before you feed. But like you have to think through that. And there's going to be times you're probably going to go, shoot, I didn't play that right. And now my species is going to go extinct because I can only feed one right now. Right. But I love the way the cards play off. Like you could have something that forges for a whole lot. Like maybe you've built something like this um, species that can forage for eight or nine or something if you want to. Which wouldn't be necessarily good because you'd overpopulate a lot unless you had, like I had one, last game I played, I had that, but I had on both sides leeches to where I was losing two population on my left and my right every time I foraged, right before I foraged. So I would lose four, but then I would forage for like eight. That's right. And like, then it would set me up for next round where I would do the same thing uh -huh. and I was just taking a whole lot. But here's the thing, what I love, really like about this game though is I think it's extremely well balanced and like my opponent could have been like, fine, then I'm taking everything out of the reef and I'm going to stop what you're doing right now. Right, right. And so that's what I like. Another thing I really like about the game is it just, I just feel like there's a counter, a good counter to every strategy. Oh yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to attack heavily and I'm going to build this monster. And yet there's a card that says transparent. If it's on, if it's on your fish, if there's any fish, if it's on your species, excuse me, if there's any fish that are in the reef, then you can't attack it. And so you say, well, I'm going to put transparent. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put transparent on, on on my species. I'm going to discard all my cards until I can find those cards, put it on there, and then spend my time migrating a bunch of food into the reef so that he can't get rid of them. So now he can't attack me. Yeah. And that's so cool. That's uh -huh. so much fun. Yeah, I like that too. And, the, you know, you mentioned the, the setup that you had with the leeches on either side taken from that one fish. What you want to do is is mess that up as the other player. Yeah. You know, like once this person gets this engine going, which can be an issue for other people, but I feel like that's important. Uh, you know, if you don't like that high player interaction. But the issue is like 
if I don't do anything to stop that, you're just going to keep getting so many points every time. And so what I need to do is, you know, try to take out that the source if I can. And so in that case, I want to try to remove all the fish from the reef so that I can attack you or at least get one of those leeches out of there so that you're not just leeching. Maybe I'm overpopulating now. Right, right. Like I'm losing five every time. Yes. And I think that kind of interaction is so cool. And like that's one combination but there are so many combinations in this game with just what twelve trait cards. Yeah, we when we first were playing one of our first games, I'd, I'd sat back and I'd played a little bit of the game with my wife. We didn't finish it, and I was like, "Man, there's only twelve surface level trait cards." I believe is that enough? I mean, right? That's what our discussion was. Uh, yep. And I think the answer is it is absolutely. If, it, if yeah. it's too many then you don't know what's coming as much. Like, yeah. you can do a whole lot more planning. I think it's a really almost perfect amount. You would really dilute the deck if you had too many, and and you wouldn't be able to plan any kind of strategy. You wouldn't be able to get those strategy. transparent cards That's to right. stop because maybe you're just drawing poorly and you're not yeah. getting something that combats. Now, the And up- you still might not anyway, and you have to deal with what you have, but yeah. I feel like you would really just dilute the deck and make it not as much fun. Now, the deep cards which i was gonna say is different now i haven't played any expansions or anything to evolution i don't even know if there are expansions actually that's pretty bad i don't know but there's different yeah there's there's not there's not deep cards which are really cool in this game Mm -hmm. so go ahead you can i know you want to talk about that well i was just gonna say like if you think that's not enough cards then go to the deep deck because there's all kinds of different cards in there and they're strong. They're really powerful. But the issue is and there's, they're all the different. You have to spend victory points to get them into play, which I think is interesting because you think, especially later on in the game, you have to think, I don't want to lose these victory points if I'm not able to gain them back from this, uh, from this trait that I'm going to put out there. But the issue is that you can't play those until after you get to the Cambrian explosion, the Cambrian explosion, yep. you can't play those, and so it's not like you can get those deep cards out really early in the game. But and you, you can't there's discard that balance them either. Of when you right, right. So yeah. you could see two that are sitting there on the table. You're like, I want that so bad, but then I don't want to have a card that I can't get rid of because I want to get to other cards later. Yeah, or especially if there were two, then now I'm really hosing myself. I've only got four cards that I could trade in. Yeah, it's it, it. They it really just changes the whole game whenever mm-hmm. you start putting those deep. Because we our first game we played, we didn't play as many deep cards. Second game, deep cards were just they were everywhere. They were, yeah. And it was yeah. just like it was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> they're so powerful though. Like they can really change, they can really change the game and really combat what your opponent's doing and different things like that. And it's it's a it's so cool and I, and I like that much better in oceans yeah, um, yeah. and I also go ahead well I was just going to say that I think it's interesting because once you if you feel like okay uh, I'll, I'll say in our first game I felt like I had a pretty good lead on John early on and so I think what I needed to do is just to be able to end the game as soon as I can I needed to just get as many fish out and just you finish Take up all the, the fish out because the game ends whenever the, all the fish are out of the ocean levels. Right, but the problem is when some some of those deep cards started to come out, and John just like was building more and more really strong species. He came back and just whipped me. I but, took a strategy because like he was spreading out with a lot of species, which gets you a lot of points because again you're aging off of every species. But I thought, you know what? Why he's doing that? I'm gonna build like one or two extremely powerful species. Yeah, and be like, he's not. I was hoping that he couldn't stop me. And you couldn't. So in late game, you just you you really came on strong. And I think I think evolution kind of has that too. Um, that you don't you don't want to spread yourself too thin in this game. Oh no, that's that's a delicate balance. Yeah, the whole game. yeah, that's that's a really cool balance because you you can do that 
if you are able to build up some really strong species later on, but I don't know. It's just you have to you have to plan your strategy around what that's going to look like. I think there's so many different ways that you can do this game, but more more likely than not, you're probably going to build maybe three, possibly four species. I think this is from somebody who is not an expert at this game, but I think probably you're going to stick around three or four species and just kind of build those up. I think probably. Yeah, I, and, and well, as you're saying that, I'm just realizing, you know, thinking about how thematic this game is. It is. It's so thematic because it's like you don't want too many species whenever they're not strong enough to survive or they'll start killing each other off. And even on your own species, like you've got to you've got to have them, you know, trade it up. Trade it up is not right, but have the right traits to survive together. Mm-hmm. You know, and based on also the other players and how it's just it feels super thematic. It really does as you're playing. You feel like you're like creating these species and trying to create these um things that, you know, have these these great symbiotic relationships. And it's just it's it's a neat it's a neat game. It is. It's it's pretty it's pretty unique, I think. You know, yeah. I, uh, not not unique like to evolution, but to a lot of other games out there. There's not many that are like this at all. Yeah. So before we do final thoughts, I'll just quickly say um, I like the deep cards better than evolution. I also like the way that you age all of your population one better than evolution. Evolution is a little bit different because you're actually going to the watering hole and you could end up getting a lot of points at the end of each round because it's based on how much you fed. Mm-hmm. So if you fed like nine in evolution, you're going to get nine points basically at the end of the round because you take all your food off. Here it's different because it's just you just age your population, which is basically kind of like food. Um, one, but I think it leads to more interesting decisions over the course of the game. Um, and I, I don't know. I, that's me personally. Um, I like that better about the game. I also feel like Oceans, it just feels like it is so well designed. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's like an eloquence, like the, everything can plays together really well. And I know I've I, this thing has been play tested the crud out of and it comes through it shines through in this game to say this is just it's a really fun game yeah i would you know again i haven't i've only played the app version of evolution i really like the way that pond works when you when you play cards to determine how many fish are in that yeah. pond uh, I, I think that's interesting, but I'm with you I, I think oceans is better and having not played the physical game i would imagine that that piece would really slow down in Evolution, I would imagine that that feeding period where you're just going around the table and feeding mm-hmm. one at a time, I would imagine that would slow down quite a bit and be um, not fun. I, yeah. I would think. Again, I don't know for sure. Upkeep on the app is easy because it just does it for you. Yeah. But I think Oceans is probably, I think I would like it better, if anything, because it's just faster. It's really easy. You just feed your one species and then move on. And you age all of them. Yeah. Draw your cards up, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Turns, are pretty, turns can be pretty fast in this game unless... You get AP on which traits you're going to put out. That's true. That's true. All right. So final thoughts. Yeah. Let's do the final thoughts. Uh, why don't you start? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's hard not to get excited about games like you're talking about it. You you know it's just like yeah, this is really fun. Um, I think this is an excellent game. I really do. Is this um you know going to be a comp a not competition? Is it going to be up there for game of the year for me? Probably not. I really I really like though. I like the way the cards play off each other. I love the thematic feel. I love how your um as I mentioned that you're just you feel like you're building something. I like the engine building aspect of it. I like a lot about this game. It's a it's a very very good game. I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Um, which is that's that's. I don't, you know, that's a, that's a good score. It's a fun game. It, you know, I can't always, sometimes it's hard to, to, 
to say why it's not a nine out of 10, you know, or a nine and a half out of 10. It's just, you know, the mechanics and stuff are really fun. I mean, eight out of 10 is a great score. That's right. But it just, it wasn't one that shot up to like, oh man, this is a top, you know, 50 game for me or anything. But I had a great time and I was pleasantly surprised by Oceans. It was, it's really good. So actually this is a, this is the game of the year for you so far, right? <laughs> That's 2020. Well, yeah. That's it's, a... what, how many days are we into 2020? <laughs> Uh, not many, about two weeks in. So All right, yeah, two weeks in, this would be the, the game of the year. It will be obviously passed up. Um, but I, I would say that it, I mean, it might compete for, I mean, depends on what happens in 2020. It could compete for a top 10 game. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's it, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good game. Yep. I, I feel exactly the same way that you do. I'm going to give this game an eight as well. I think this Aww, one is a lot of the fun. Same. <laughs> I will say this after my first time playing, I thought it was good, but not like really good. But then once all those combos started to make sense, I was like, oh yeah, this is a really, really fun game. Now, I I think even possibly that this game could be an eight and a half for me if I played with more players, because I think that, it, I, like you said, I think a three player game might be a sweet spot for this game. Having not played it, I don't know. But three or four players might raise this one up for me quite a bit. This is, it's a really fun game. I mean, I, I was really pleasantly surprised. I thought Evolution was okay. Not like a great game. I think this is a is in that great game category. So anyway. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. So let's ask the question, is it worth it? And this is a little bit inter- more interesting, that's a, that's I think, a this time. One, I think. Okay, so um, as we're talking about is it worth it, I'll, I will mention this, that when the Kickstarter came out this year, the pledge was $45 for the Standard Edition, and it was $70 for the Deluxe Edition. Now, what's interesting is I'm on board game prices. Now, I, I don't know. All right, so right now, uh, like Card House, there's a couple places that have the standard edition that says it's on the way and you can pre-order it and it's $35, under $40 wow. for the standard edition. Okay. It's really weird though because like the prices are seem to be dramatically different on some of these different websites. Like it really does. Like, for example, like the pre-order on Miniature Mart is $50. And usually they're all kind of together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, they're five bucks or something different, but this is like a $15 difference, which is interesting. Um, and that's the same for the deluxe edition, which is kind of crazy. So there actually, ha- there are some websites that actually have it in stock for $85 for the deluxe edition, which is a lot more than the 70 that it was during the Kickstarter. But also there are some, we- there are some websites here that have it on pre-order for like 68 bucks, 65 bucks. This is kind of weird. I don't think I've ever experienced this yet. I mean, maybe there's something to do with the Kickstarter edition. No, because this one website has a Kickstarter edition, and the other one has the Kickstarter deluxe edition, and they're twenty-two dollars difference. Wow, one sixty-three is... and one sixty-five, eighty-five, twenty-two dollars. So why don't we just go at it from we'll say seventy dollars for the deluxe, okay, and forty. Okay. You think that's pretty fair? Okay. Yep. Okay. So is it worth it? I think, all right. So if you're just looking at the base game, not deluxe edition, you're getting a bunch of cards, a lot of cards, 120 surface cards, 89 deep cards, and you're getting a bunch of cardboard tokens of the the population tokens. Yeah. Uh, There's no like extra wooden pieces or anything like that. I still think around that $40 range, if you can get it for $35 like at, at, at Card House, I think that's worth it. Totally worth it for that price. Deluxe for $70. Now, you know how much I love deluxe versions of games. 
this is one that I would pass on. Not because I don't think it's good. It's just I don't think it's necessary. And I think that I think that the base game of this is perfectly fine. Unless you want the expansion. If you want the expansion, I might change my mind. But for me, I don't care for the expansion. The acrylic tokens are cool, but not cool enough to bump it up to $70 for me. Yeah, that was a one. Even though all the, the, the components were really nice, I just remember my wife and I looking at it on the table and going, is this really worth, especially the $85 price tag? No, no way. Like, it's not. I mean, what Tapestry has in it for 80 bucks is way better. I mean, the components are just way better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I when I think back at Glenmore too, and for $60, what I got in there, <laughs> yeah. way more than this for $70. There's just not a lot in this. Yeah. There's a cardboard reef. There's acrylic fish tokens. There's a ton of cards. Now I will say, I think it's almost necessary that you sleeve these cards. Correct. So like, I think through the price there, depending on what you buy, like if you found the deluxe, now with the deluxe edition, you could get for 65, then, eh, still probably not worth it for me. But if you've got to pay $40 plus then buy a bunch of sleeves, there's quite a few cards in this deck. Yeah. I mean, it's going to cost you, how many How many cards are there's there? There's over 200 or over something 200, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's going to cost you 10 bucks to sleeve it. I mean, depending on how many, maybe. I mean, depending, yeah, and you don't on, depending to, on how many good cards. I mean, you don't have to the sleeve the small the cards. You just yeah. have to, to sleeve the large. You don't have to, but that, that would be our preference, I, I think. So, yeah. and sleeves aren't cheap and these are custom sleeves. So I get like... I get how that could raise it up for somebody, but if you're just looking at, if you don't care about sleeves, I don't. I wouldn't care enough about the acrylic tokens in this. Yeah. The expansion would be the other thing. Is that worth it to you? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is. So for me, the standard is worth it. The deluxe is actually not worth it, though I enjoyed the game. I would agree with that. And overall, John gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. We really, really like this game. Think it's a very good game. Now let's get on to looking back on some of our other reviews on the podcast over the first part of last year. the course of a period of time we'll say maybe six seven eight months we rate games and then we look back on them over you know maybe a year later i'm so some excited those, about this some of those might change right i mean we, we they have to i mean it's they don't have to they don't have to no no but i'm saying that some will right so if you're out there in board game land in meeple town and i think everyone can candy land can what if you're out there in Candyland, board board game land, Candyland, that's, that's that's two different things. I don't know what board game land. I mean, is. there is Candyland is a board game, but it's a land. I think everyone has experienced playing a game and loving it, and then it getting really old fast, right? Or I was going to say, or the opposite. A game, yeah, and, and re- you didn't care for it. Kind of like Oceans for yeah. me. Or you thought it was okay, about. and right. then the more you played, you understood the depth of strategy maybe a little bit more, or it just grew on you. And it's it's hard as a reviewer when you're constantly doing games over and over and over again. Now, the more you do, the more you kind of, I think, hone in and can more... You can easily kind of go, not, not easily, you can more easily go, I think this is something that might get older. Or I think this, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I really might like this more. And as Amiable Town, we like to play the games, you know, plenty of times. We'd love to do that before. But I will say that, like, it's, there are times whenever I've looked back over this last year, and you're going to see here where I, my opinion changed a little bit. Not a lot. It's not an yeah. overwhelming amount. You'll you'll see, you'll hear that. But it's there kinda, are some games. It's kind of interesting, I think, because... A lot of these, it's not necessarily that we didn't get enough plays of the game in. It was just that over time that it just might change. Like your opinions might change over the course yeah. of 
uh, of a couple months. Or it could be that another game comes out. Let's say Evolution was my number one game, and then I just played Oceans. That's true. It might knock it out of my top 10, you yeah. know, like in, I, I don't know, but, but those things can happen. So what we figured we would do is look back every so often, maybe every six months or so. Have a look back episode. That's right. And look at some of these games. Now, what we're going to do today is just look at games from the start of the podcast, which was back in November of 18. And we're going to go through, uh, I believe it was July 3rd is our last one. Right before we did our top 50. Yep. So then another, maybe six months down the road, we'll, we'll do the same thing. Yeah. So. I'm excited about this. I really am. Are I think you? this is going to be yeah. I think it's going to be really fun. Giddy, you should see the smile on his I face. I am. I just I like. I'm a I'm an analyzer. That's part of my person. I like to analyze things. So I think it'll be fun to analyze what I thought back then versus what I may think now. And like Dean said too, like there's just certain times whenever you play a game and three months later you go back and play and you end and go, whoa, this is way better than I thought. Whoa, whoa, dude. So All this right. is going to be called <laughs> Dean and John's most excellent list. <laughs> All right, that's not what we're going to call it, but we will. <laughs> Dang it. We Most will excellent look back, look back on our very first episode, which was recorded back in November. We Woo-hoo! published it November 6th of 2018, and our very first review was Everdell. Hey, that's right. Can I say, ask you one quick question? Okay. What do you, do you, what are your feels about our first episode? Like, do you remember recording that and like how you felt? I was a little nervous. Nervous? Yeah, like I was like, I remember being while like... While recording, you mean? While okay. recording, like I, it wasn't that I was not a lot nervous, but I remember there being like a little bit of like, oh man, I hope I don't say crazy stuff. I hope that this is good. Because you have no, I mean, no one's ever listened to it. You know, you know what I mean? You're yeah, just like yeah. in this world of, I hope that this is decent. Uh-huh. And I had never done a podcast before like that. So I remember sitting in that room and just being like a little bit nervous, but really excited also. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I definitely had some of that. And part of it too was, I wonder who's going to listen to our episode. Like, I wonder if anybody cares. And and I, I think they do. You know, I think, I it's think been we've, cool. we've grown. This is kind of a look back episode now yeah. on... on on all of Meeple Town, but uh, but as it's as it's grown, it's like yeah, people actually do care about enough to listen to us. Maybe because they want to argue with us on the radio or something. I don't know, but it's uh, fun. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Now but it's just a blast. It is a blast. We enjoy what we do, and what we're gonna do now is Everdell. look back. Everdell, John, we gave both it gave it a huge a nine scores. and a half, and I gave it a nine and a half. Both of us nine and a half. Are you in the same position that you were yes. over a year ago? I have no qualms about my nine and a half. I do. Do you? I do. I this is a top ten game for me, which bumps it up to a ten. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and this is one of the ones we actually got several plays, but this is one of my most played games of since then, I think. I would say it's it's it's, it's probably up there for I've us. I've played this game a lot and introduced a decent amount of people too as well. So so yeah, it's not a huge bump, but I, I love this game so much. So good. Now I will say I have played with the uh, Pearlbrook expansion. Not my favorite, but it's not it's not awful. It's just I don't I don't feel the need to play it with all of them uh, with that one. However, the other ones are about to come in. I kickstarted those and oh, I'm excited about that. I think I'll feel much better. I played about with those. Dean's Pearlbrook with my wife. We both looked at each other and we're like, eh, like it didn't add enough to the game to make us really interested in buying it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would play with it if I had it, but I guess. Yep. All right. Now the next game that we did was a uh, <laughs> this was a a dual review episode, yeah. our, our second episode, and we did a roll and write called Welcome to, and then we did a 
Uh, one of my also one of my favorite games called Keyflower. Keyflower. Yes, John sir. gave. Let's do welcome to first. John gave welcome to a seven, and I gave it a six and a half. I stand with that. I think it's still one of my favorite um, rolling right. Rolling right's not my or flipping right, whatever you want to call it. Not my favorite style, um, but it's still one of my favorites. I 100% stand by the seven. I think I'm the same spot there, six and a half. Now I have uh, I have played this one several times over the past year as well, and uh, it's fun. It's just not one that I want to play all the time. But you're you're right as far as like rolling rights. It's it's way up there for me. I agree. All right. What about Keyflower? Keyflower, Dean gave it a nine, and I gave it an eight. And I want to apologize. Like it's eight's a really good score. I mean, we just did Oceans, and eight's a great game. Um, or eight is a good, really good game. But you know what, Dean? Keyflower is a great game. And so if I went back, I would actually probably I can't remember what I've got in BGG, but Keyflower is definitely more like uh probably more around a nine. For me now, I went on Board Game Arena and I've played it a lot since then. Um, just re- recognizing the depth of strategy that I didn't really quite recognize at the beginning. I complained about the winter being a huge part of it. I remember complaining about that. But when you know and you can prepare for it, it's fine. It's good. I would probably agree with your nine and actually bump up Keyflower. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a great game. I, I, I want to play that game right now, actually. I would love to play that game right Let's now. I haven't played it in the episode. A while. We'll go play some Keyflower. What is that? Your squeaky brakes? That was supposed to be the door closing, but I think it was. I think it was. I don't know what that was. All right, all right. Um, Then we went on to our Christmas episode, episode number three, where we just did one game, Santa's Workshop. I gave it an eight. You gave it a seven and a half. You good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Like, I'll say this: I played Santa's Workshop. It's like a seven, seven and a half for me. Like, it's it's a solid game. I mean, the reason I bumped it to a seven and a half is because it's uh, my favorite Christmas game. And it still is. I mean, we played it this Christmas, and I remember going, oh, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's a cool game. It's really good. Really, really good. You like it more than I do. I do, well, which is why I gave it an 8. I'll, yeah. I'll stick by my 8. It is my go-to Christmas game as well, and I really wish that they would do an expansion for this because I know that uh, that Keith has mentioned that he has some ideas for this, but I don't know if there ever will be any expansions, but we'll see. I'll All stand right. by my 7.5, though. Episode number four, we looked at, uh, we did a review of Dulasaur Island. Now, mm. I'm, we can talk about Dinosaur Island here, too, because around that time, we also did a YouTube video of Dinosaur Island, sure. and I think we'll just kind of lump that in there. So, okay. with Dulasaur, John Eights Gator, across the board. And eight, I can't, actually, both of these, yeah. Dinosaur yeah. and Dulasaur, we both gave eights to all of those. I, I have a feeling you, you're going to I have deep change. regrets about Dulasaur Island. When I look back last year, there's like a couple games that I have pretty big regrets and what happened with Dulasaur was honestly it just got boring too fast I enjoyed the game and we played what at least three times probably Dulasaur Island Before maybe that, even yeah. four times I remember because mm-hmm. I think I borrowed it um so I mean I played it you know but by the I took it back home after we did the review and I played it with my wife and it was just kind of like our it was just getting old really quick it just didn't seem like there was a lot of variety I mean I even on the uh, YouTube's said that I enjoy Dulasaur Island better than Dinosaur Island because it's more unique because I like two-player games. Completely disagree with that statement. I, I hate doing that. Like this is the, one of the only games that I look back at it and go, I was just wrong. I, I would I give it like a six and a half. Now it's not a bad game. It's just nothing special. And I stand by the eight on the Dinosaur Island. It is unique though. It is. 
But yeah, everyone. I agree with it. Still unique. It just wasn't. It just kind of got old for me. Yeah, I still Dinosaur Island for me is better, but they're just so close. I still really, really like Dulasaur. I still stand by the. I've eight. played Dinosaur more than Dulasaur over the past year, but uh, yeah, it's still still a lot of fun. Yeah. All uh, right, then we went on to Terraforming Mars and Concordia. We did a uh, Meeple Town Museum episode, and John was at a ten for Terraforming Mars, and I was at a nine. Let's let's start there, okay? We'll, Stand we'll go by on to Terraforming Mars is 10. a great game. Yeah, I put a nine. I'll stick by that. I will say that since the app came out, I think you're going to give it a ten one day. One day I might. I, I the really more you play love, it, the more you like love it. this game. It's it it might be more in a nine and a half, but I think I'm just going to keep it at a nine right now. I, I've only played with the Prelude now. Now Prelude did bump it up a little bit for me. That's I awesome. love yeah. love that expansion, but I, I want to try some of the other ones too. But I'll stick with a nine. It could very well move up a little bit higher for me. Although I've played it a lot over the years, and it seems like if it's at a nine, it's at a nine. Maybe. Right? I don't know. We'll see. All right, Concordia. I'm at an eight and a half, or I was at an eight and a half. John was at a nine. Yeah, I mean that's this is another one that I, you know, I mean when I'm changing, they're not changing dramatically, but it went from a nine, which is a great game. I mean, if you've listened to our podcast, we don't rate a ton of games nine. Um, to it's a, my favorite game right now. Still, like it's a ten. It's awesome. I love Concordia. It's eloquent, as people say. It's just so much fun. Every time I play it, I go, "That's just a great game." So yeah, I was uh, slightly off on how much I like it. I guess it's one of those ones that I think that happened. I think this game, Concordia, this happens to a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people say this grown on them as they played the game and realized, wow, okay, this yeah. is really good. Yeah, this is really good, and that's yeah. So I think you're you're absolutely right. The the best word to describe Concordia is elegant, and I Endeavor is another. I meant to say this earlier. I, I don't like know that. if I did, but I think Endeavor is is a very elegant game as well, which I think you might like. For that, Do you reason. stay by your eight and a half. I'll I'll stay by an eight and a half. Really, I can't. You can't bump up to a nine for me. Uh, I mean, I can. It's uh, my twenty one game, twenty first game of all time. Twenty. It's rated twenty one, ranked ranked twenty one. Borderline. Do I need to keep saying it? That's borderline. Yeah, I I. It's close to a nine. It's real yeah. close to a nine. And again, I've I've only played the base game of this. I actually have the salsa expansion. I've never played with it. You need to play Venus. Venus, play I think, 2v2 would two is awesome. I think that might bump it up quite a bit. So higher. fun. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of really great. I mean, in my opinion, two v two games. Nope. I'm with and you. And it's 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 just fun. Yeah, I need to try that out sometime. All right, uh, then we get on to episode six, Architects of the West Kingdom, which was, uh, this was a big episode for us. We actually had a lot of downloads. Is it one of our this. biggest episodes, if not our biggest one still it, it to date? Which makes me think that people love, love, love some Architects of the West Kingdom. I gave it a seven and a half. John was at an eight. Yeah, um, I'm still around that. I mean, maybe a seven and a half, eight. Yeah, I'm, st- I'm still cool with that. Like, I will say that, over the course of the year, I have realized when you add expansions that um, Paladins and not obviously adding expansions to Paladins, but Paladins and Raiders of the North Sea, I like better. This would be my least favorite of those three, but I still really like it. So I'll stand by that. Raiders I like better. I do like this better than Paladins, but I rated Paladins a seven and a half too. So they're they're real close. Man, these, these are fun games though. Yep. I, yep. I like them. It's All good. Right. I'll stand by my eight. Um, and then we went on to, uh, oh no, I lost track. Okay. Um, I've got it right here. Episode seven. Between two castles and Mad King Ludwig. Yep. Or Ludwig or whatever you want to say. Seven for me, seven and a half from John. Yeah. I'll stay by that. Yeah. What are you thinking? You thinking about lowering it? Yeah. I'd probably bump this down to like a six and a half, which is not bad, but it's just, 
it's not a game that I don't have any. Like if you said let's play it right now, I would say sure. mm, probably not. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm fine with a seven and a half. It's it's been it's been one the the reason that it would be at a seven and a half is because it's really easy to teach and it has that uniqueness where I'm playing with both people, one to my right and one to my left, and um, it's got some strat some decent strategy for a simple game to teach. So I like that about it. Yeah. All right, then we went on to episode nine, which was Root. I gave it an eight and a half. John was at a nine. Boy, was I wrong about this one, I think. Not wrong. It was just, I I love, love this game. I moved this one into my top ten higher than Everdell. I think this one was like number six or number seven on my list. This is a ten for me. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped about the expansion. That's That's a big difference, a one and a half point difference. Same for me and Dulasaur. Like I went yeah. from like an eight to a six and a half. I stand by my nine. I think it's really great, and I'm, it's not a ten for me, but it's staying right by my nine. This is one. Now the problem with this one is I want to play this one a lot more than I actually am able to play it because if you don't play with new people, it can be a bear to teach, and so you don't you don't want to teach this one all the time. But oh, it's just so fun when, yeah. when you're playing with people who know how to play. But all right, then episode eight. Episode number Western eight. Legends. Western Legends. <laughs> yes. We just did one on this one, Western Legends. We were Oh, I lost it. Did you find it? Oh, so here's yeah, the deal. I'm... Dean skipped over. Oh, I did skip. That's why. Eight. I was like, Root, I'm... Root was episode number nine. So sorry yes, about that. That's okay. Episode number eight, Western Legends. Let's go back to that. Yes. Western Legends episode eight. I was at a nine. Wowzers. John is at a <sighs> seven and a half. That's high. That's a big discrepancy between our scores. Well, I stand at seven and a half. I think it's. A, oh, I thought you might bump this one up a little. No, bit. no, it's a good game, but you have to have the right people. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally, hundred percent with the seven and a half. Okay, and You're I'll sta- stick with my nine. Woo! That is a high score for that game, it's, Dean. It's a. I had a it's lot just of not games. That good. I mean, I like it. It's just not that good. How for dare me. you? It's. I mean, a nine is like a top thirty game for you. Maybe? I want to play. This was like a top, top twenty game. It's like fifteen or yeah. Something it's not. List. I mean, to maybe me, maybe not, not even that low. It's not even close to that good for me. But I still like it. Yep, I lock it a lot. And then we, I lost it. There we go. Forum Trajanum. I keep losing it there. Forum Trajanum. Forum Trajanum was a, a one I haven't played in in a minute. Yeah, it's been it's been several months. Several months. Do you have, have you played it since we did the? I have not. No, you own this one. I don't own this one at all. But you were, uh, you were really big on this game. Yeah, I'm gonna bump it down just a hair. Nine and a half? Yeah, I'm going to bump it probably down to like the nine-ish, maybe eight and a half-ish range. I was really hype on it. I went back and played it months later and said, this is a really good game. I stand by that statement. But it wasn't quite that like, you know, elite level that I that I had it at. So Yeah, I kind of struggle with this one too because I, I part of it is it's difficult if you haven't played it in a long time. It is. I could see myself dropping this down. I'm at a, an eight and a half on this. I could drop this down to an eight. I'm actually not going to because I feel like if I played it, I, I think might... you would like eight and a half's worth. I really do. Yeah, like, that's 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 a, to me. I think it's between eight and a half and a nine. You know, um, yeah. it dropped a little bit for me for sure, but I still really like that game a lot. Yep, yep. It is a fun game. Teotihuacan. Did I say that right? Teotihuacan, dude. There's so many people that say it so many different ways. Teotihuacan. Huacan. Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. Is that right? I don't, dude. I'm eight telling you. Eight from John. Six from me. You try. Um, I'm going to stay with eight because I haven't played it since then. But I actually think this is one that might grow. I asked for it for Christmas. I didn't get it. But I think this, this one potentially could go up for me if I play it more. 
but I just haven't. So we don't know anyone that has this game, do we? Does Jonathan not have it? I don't. He has a million games. <laughs> he does. He'll text us after he listens to this episode and say, yep, I got it, or no, I don't. So then we'll know. I did not think he wasn't as big on this one. So if he has it, I, he might be getting rid of it. You might check with John. I like Maybe it. you should get it from him if he has it. Yeah, I guess I Anywho, I, don't know I, I, I really would. I would really like to own this game because I think that I could very potentially raise it up more, but... You know, it could. I feel like it could be. I just, it's, you know, it's one of those games. It's one of those games that you know you look back and you think you're continuing to think through the strategy and how you could change things. You know, some games it just doesn't happen. And this game it has for me. Like I keep thinking, man, I could have done this or I could have done that or maybe I should have done that. And that's why I think. And now it could. You know, I'm gonna stick at eight because I haven't played it. I'll stick at a six. And wow. I would play what it low, again. What a low score. Well, it's not a great game. Oh my god. How about that? I think everyone should tweet on Twitter's. That's what you do, right? It's not a great game At to Dean, me. If you love this game and say, Dean, you're wrong. Oh, which is a lot of people. A lot of people love this yeah, game. they do. But yeah, I am not one of them. It's not awful, though. All right. Uh, then episode 12, we did another Meeple Town Museum where we looked at Stone Age and Istanbul. At Stone Age, I was at an 8. You were at an 8.5. You can stick with that? Sure. Maybe it's more like an 8. Okay. I'm not changing all these, by the way. You're going to have to change them. You're... you're no, we're not changing them on here. Uh, I mean, I'm marking you want mine. to? I might. Are you? I mean, they're not. To me, the problem is, is like a lot of these I'm going, yeah, I might give it like an eight. It's not really worth changing because it's not that much of a difference. Now it is with like Dulasaur. I think we should go back and change the ones where there was dramatic difference, which sure. is probably five. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, combined, like, I don't know, maybe sure. not, but I mean, right now it hasn't been that much. If I'm, if we're going half a point difference, eh. Yeah. Uh, I think Istanbul was the, uh, it was a bigger discrepancy, I think. So I was at an eight and a half. You were at a seven and a half. I, Istanbul is a really fantastic game. I like it a lot. I like I'll, it. I don't like it as much as you do. I stay with my seven and a half all okay. day long. Okay. Yeah. I'll stay there too. Now that's one that with the app, I, <laughs> I, I kind of wore it out a little bit. So I needed a break, but it doesn't change my score. It's just that I played a ton of it on the app. That can happen. Cryptid is quite the big difference here. Cryptid was our that's one of our biggest differences of the year. That and Toyota Walken, they were those were that's right. Yeah. This is even bigger. This is, it is bigger. This is yeah. a two and a half point discrepancy. Yep, John was at a six and a half, and I was at a nine. It's just not my Hype. style. It's just not my style. Yeah. I don't really like these types of games that much. So for you what it was, it was good. It. Yeah, I'm not lowering it. I still okay. think it's a good game. I, I would play it if you want to play it right now. Okay, so six and a half, it's good. I mean, it's fine. It's just not really my style. So. That was better than mine. Dang it. Oh, wait. That wasn't a good door closing, though. Still. Uh, yeah, I, I'll stick with that on Cryptid. Cryptid wow. is one of those that I, I've brought to most like game things that we do. I bring this game all over the place because it's, it's not a super easy game to grasp the first time you play, but it's such a quick game. And not everybody has really liked this game that I've taught it to, but a lot of people have. Yeah. It's, it's tricky, I think, for, for people, but I love it. All right, and episode 14, we looked at two games, Australia and Tiny Towns. Australia, I gave an 8.5, and, and you gave a 9. Ooh, that's yeah, high. That's high. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those games where, like, I think I'm... I think I'd like to lower it to an 8.5, maybe. Like... It's kind of... It's got a bit of a novelty to it, doesn't it? Like, this idea of, like... 
the cryptid and you're going, not the cryptid, the Cthulhu and you're, sorry, I was looking at the word cryptid. Um, and you're going, I don't, I don't know. That's hard. I just haven't played it that much, but I also haven't had a big desire to. And that's why, that's why I'm thinking about lowering it, but I'm afraid it might be one where I play it again and go, dang it, this is really good. This This is why I like it. Uh So I'm going to, I'm going to leave, I'm going to do eight and a half. Actually. I would say that like, I still think it's a really good game, but I, I haven't had this strong desire to go back and play. So that's why I would, if it's if I if it's a nine, I, it's hard for me to give a game a nine that I don't have a super desire to go back and play. I want to play it, but like, you know, you, we play a lot of games in a year's time. Not as many as some people out that's there. That's the but. tough part, man. If we weren't playing so many games, I would totally go back and play it and stuff. It's, yeah. it's a good game. Like I, I say eight and a half reluctantly. It's still a really good game. This one, I think, I would put in the same category as Form Trajanum. I, I need to go back and play it again. I'll leave my score at eight and a half because I have really fond memories of this game. And, and this was when I was really, really surprised when I played it for the first time. This is a really fun game, but I want to play it again. But I'll keep it at eight and a half. All right, and then Tiny Towns. I was at a seven and a half. You were at a seven. Stick with it, seven. Okay, I'll stick with my seven and a half. This is another one that I've played a decent amount because it's an easy one to teach. We have a friend, uh, Matt, who I think listens to the, to the podcast, who really likes this game. And I really enjoy playing this uh, with with Matt and Selena. My wife enjoys this one, so I'll stick at a seven and a half. This is one that could have raised up a little bit. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised you didn't say eight. Do I need to? Yeah, I, th- I mean, you talk about it a lot, and you play quite a bit to call it for a seven and a half game. You're right about it that. D- it does. It just doesn't seem. I need to do a comparison because if I compare this to like what are my other seven and a half games that I have so far, I'm like, at... you play this more than Cryptid. Yeah, you give that a nine. But I mean, just because you've played a lot doesn't mean it's that high, though. It's just because I know that I can yeah. teach it, and a lot of people are going to really like this. I, I'll, I will stick with a seven and a half on this one. Okay. But the expansion comes out soon, so maybe that'll change it, too. I don't know. There you go. All right, and then we looked at Gentis on May 22nd. Nine from me, eight and a half from you. I thought you said it was Gentis. Gentis. You gave it a nine. I gave it eight and a half. Didn't you just say the opposite of that? I said I gave it a nine. John gave it an eight and a half. Let's go back to the tape on that. (laughs) I gave it a nine. John gave it an eight and a half. Uh, I stick with an eight and a half. I want to play it more. I haven't played it since then, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll stick with a nine on this one, too. I Again, this is a kind of in that category, too. I don't think I rated this too high because I loved it a lot, but I want to go back and play it. Actually, yeah, this too. is one I've, I've been staring at my shelf for the last few weeks. Like, I really want to get this one out, so I'm going to have to play this. Just trade it to me. I will not do that. Uh, I always throw these ridiculous trades out to Dean like all the time. I'm trying to trade him like my $20 games for his $80 deluxe editions and he never bites. I never do. I just figure one day maybe he will, right? Maybe. It could happen. (laughs) Uh, All right. We got three more episodes to get through. Wow. This is going pretty quick. It is. All right. uh, Newton was Mm -hmm. from episode 16. Nine and a half is what I get. That's a huge score. That is big. Uh, 100% stand by it. I love that game. Was that in your top 10? Yeah. Okay. You I'm pretty wanna, sure. You don't want to put it at 10? No, 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 no. It's not it's not quite a 10, but I mean, it's fun because it's just like the 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 variability and setup and stuff, like all those pieces come out and there's just like it feels it's it's a puzzle every time. It's a new puzzle to try to figure out what the best way to score points in that game is and it's it's great. I, so here's interesting. This is one that my wife played when I first bought it and just didn't like it. It was too much for her. But then, you know, 8 months later we played it again. She's played more and more because I would say like it's probably been over the course of the last year and a half that I've she's really 
started playing more super strategic games. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, not that she didn't before, for sure. But I've because of the podcast, I've kind of made her, <laughs> like roped her into pre- playing a lot of games. Like, hey, babe, I really have to play this. Can you please? And she's been awesome. Thanks, babe. Appreciate <laughs> you playing games. But it's made her play. And then she played again. She's like, oh, this wasn't as overwhelming as she thought. She really liked it. Oh, okay. Which is cool, which makes me like it. So yeah, yeah I that, love it. I love Newton. That definitely can change our... It's definitely a top game from last year. Is that last year eight or that's eighteen? It was eighteen, yeah. yeah. So I I was at an eight. I'll stick with an eight. Um, yeah, I'll stick with an eight. This was a fun game. Uh, again, I want. I just haven't played just it play since then. So I think you would really. I mean, you really liked it. I remember you being surprised at how much you liked it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a surprise for me at the time. All right. Uh, then we did number. Did I skip one? No, I did not. So episode number seventeen, we did race Arcana, mm-hmm. and I was at. <laughs> It's actually in a different spot because we did a video for this. So I was at a seven and a half. John was at a seven and a half. You gonna stick with that? Yeah, I'll stick with it. It could be an eight though, kind of. It's it's a good game, a really good game. If it went anywhere, it'd go up, but I'll stick with seven and a half. Yes. I will I'm gonna bump mine up to yeah. an to an eight. You've played it a decent amount since I now. have. I've had I've I've played this one at uh oh man, I'm changing it. I'm changing my mind. You're no, going I'm, to a, eight and a half. I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with seven and a half. Wow! Yeah, it's it's one that it's kind of in that tiny towns. I've played it a lot, but it's not it's not one that I always want to play. I'll just I'll just stick with a yeah. seven and a half. I'm I fine. Think. I'm I'm happy with my seven and a half. This too. is fine. I actually just played this over a Christmas break, and I thought, yeah, this is this is quite a bit of fun. Seven and a half is a good score, though. That's the thing that we yes. we forget. Sometimes people might forget that, but a seven and a half on G- BGG is like that's a good score. Yeah, really I mean score. for us. So if we're again looking at BGG. If you look at the seven, seven is a good game, usually willing to play. Eight is a very good game. I like to play, probably I'll suggest it, and will never turn down a game. Now, yeah. I, so I think seven and a half is good for Race Arcana for me. Yeah, I would turn down a game of that. I would but too. But I like it a lot. And actually, the one I played over Christmas, I considered something else, but I was like, but we have 30 minutes. This is a, a there's a lot of game in this, packs a lot of punch for a 30 minute game. Agreed with that. All right, uh, that was a two-player game. And then uh, then the last one we're going to talk about today is from episode number 18. That is Pipeline that we talked mm. about. Pipeline is a game that I'm pretty sure John likes this one a lot. I really do, and it's one that I really haven't played in a while, and I really desperately want to play it again. Before we do our top games of the year for 2019, I am going to play it again because I think... That it's definitely an eight and a half for me instead of an eight, if not a nine, potentially. So I think I, I was, I remember doing that one and being like, I think I was overcorrected. You know, whenever you've given like some high scores or some low, and you're like, man, or you've had a time where you gave something a high score and you went, it really wasn't that good. And then you overcorrect. I think I overcorrected a little bit and only given this an eight. I think it's at, at easily an eight and a half, if not a nine. Yeah. And I, if I remember right, when we recorded the episode, you were bigger on this game than what I was, and I I also gave this one an eight. I was really borderline an eight and a half, and I went ahead and said eight, and but now I say I would say definitively eight and a half, if not a nine. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a really good game. I can't I have to play it before I do my top games of the year because it, it could it could make that list for sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really really good game. I would. I'm at an eight. I would actually consider dropping this down to a seven and a half. I'm not going to, not because I don't like it. It's just that when I'm comparing it to some of those other games that I gave a seven and a half or eight to, it probably falls in that same range of how much I would desire to play this game. But it's a fun game. I like it. Pipeline. 
And that's where we're going to stop. We're going to come back. And oh, this has been fun. You want to keep going, don't you? Nah. Yeah, we, we, we want to give a little more time to, to kind of mull on some of these so that we've had, you know, a chance to think about it, at least for like, what, six months or so. Yep. So uh, we will do this again in a, about six months, and we'll look at those those uh, the last half of 2019 when we do that. Uh, but that's going to conclude it for this episode. Uh, in in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at our top ten games of 2019. So you're going to hear us talk about some of these games more, I would imagine. I would think that would be the case, right? Yes, sir. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to uh, review our podcast, actually subscribe to it. It's uh, super helpful to have people help people find us. Uh, we're on YouTube, and that's uh, Meeple Town. Just search Meeple Town on YouTube. We're Meeple Town Games on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're Board Game Geek. Oh, you know what I always forget to say? We're MeepleTownGames.com. Now, if you want to go there and if you want to get look at some MeepleTown swag, you can do that. We got swag. Some, some sweaters, or uh, no, hoodies and uh, t-shirts on there. And toboggans. That's right. We have uh, no, we don't. frisbees on no, there. No, we don't. Dang it. Uh, Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Seven. Thanks for coming down to MeepleTown. Town.